Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Last night was one of those uh, performances for the Nuggets from their bench where you think long and hard about whether or not you want to include a young player in a proven veteran for the uh, playoff push as Michael Malone was very impressed by what he saw from his young guys. You know, the defense, the energy, the loose balls, the steals, the deflections, running the floor, cutting without it. You know, that, that's what Christian Brown is. And then Peyton, once again, the fourth quarter, I loved it. They came down one time, no one had him. He pulled up for three, and that was one of those, no, 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 great shot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but he's, you know, the kids got balls, man. And uh, I thought two young players impacted the game at a high level. Watson played 30 minutes. Brown played 28 minutes. And and this is one of those performances that I, I could see why the Nuggets would be like, man, these guys, they're young. They don't make much money. They've got huge upside. You know, maybe, maybe we won't really be able to rely upon them consistently in the playoffs, and it might hurt us for this playoff run. But long term, these guys are a big part of our future. Is that does that go into the thinking as you get ready for the trade deadline later this week? Well, I mean, I think you have to understand how those guys fit in, how much time they're going to get as our bench shortens for the playoffs. And listen, last year you trusted Christian Brown as a rookie, and he came in and gave you very valuable minutes. He, not that he was a big time scorer. But he's a great energy guy, great defender, um, does a lot of things away from the ball. Peyton Watson seems to be doing the same stuff. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really look at it like, oh my gosh, we got to add right now. I, th- I think right now, without adding, you're still the best team in the NBA. So why mess with that chemistry? So you think their bench, as it's put together right now, is is good enough to go through? Th- several rounds of playoffs and, and win another championship. Yes. You trust this bench. I trust this bench enough to to say, hey, when we ask you to go in, you're gonna provide energy, you're gonna play hard. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna slip. Um, you know, we're not gonna go from three points up to seven, twelve down. You know, it's not one of those things. They'll, they'll be able to your playoff hold, bench. Serve. So your playoff yeah. bench and you're you're talking about going eight deep for the playoffs. Eight that, deep. That's the way it, it shapes up. You're going eight deep with your three guys off the bench are second-year Christian Brown, basically second-year Peyton Watson, and Reggie Jackson. That's your your playoff bench. Feel good yeah. about that. And you'll also have uh, you'll uh, you'll have uh, what's the backup center's name? DeAndre George. Yeah, if if need be, he won't play a lot. But right. you know that I think he did come. I think Jordan did come in last year a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I mean. Yeah, I, I think I'm okay with that. Reggie Jackson's Reggie Jackson's proven to be really good when he when you needed him. Still, what would you like? Still, what would you like? I still would like a proven scorer off the bench. It, it's great that they have energy guys in Watson and right. Brown. I'd like a little bit more scoring. I, I, off the bench. Okay, I would ask you was was Brucey a proven scorer off the bench until last year's playoff run? I thought he was, because I, I remember watching him in in Brooklyn with the Nets in a, okay. in a playoff series uh, against the Celtics, where I was impressed with him. It's why I was 
pumped when they were able to sign him for such a, a team-friendly deal. We'll see what happens this week. But definitely the, those kind of performances last night are will we'll make the front office uh, think long and hard about whether or not they want to include one of these young guys in a trade. Second down. So, Nathan McKinnon. You got to love this. Nathan McKinnon, on top of his game, leading candidate for the Hart Trophy for MVP, right? Life's good. He's at the All-Star game, right? What does he need to be worried about? Honestly, the whole break right now, it's you're always thinking about it. You're always stressing that, you know, looking in the mirror, you look fat uh, <laughs> during the break, you know, try not to eat too much. Um, so, yeah, I think about it a lot. I think everyone does. You too. You two would be kindred spirits. I think you two would get along great. I think you two would start talking about, like, your approach to your careers, and you'd both realize... Didn't enjoy it enough? <laughs> you were always worried about something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, though? Play to hey, your geez, strengths. stop and enjoy it a little bit, will you? Play, you got to play to your strengths, Come on, Mike. Nate. You got to play Have an extra strengths. plate of pasta. You've no, earned it. He ain't going to eat it. Not going to eat it. Come on. Crush some wings. Work that bone. Gosh. He, Third down. Ripped. Nate? Yeah. He probably got a, not an ounce of body I fat on I think he it. could probably afford to splurge for a little bit. I like although, working the bone. Although Jared Bednar put the team through a, a pretty intensive skate yesterday uh, before they left. Before they left for the trip. They uh, they were out there. It wasn't quite um, um, Herb. It wasn't Herb. Herb again. Again, mm-hmm. again, it wasn't quite like that, but uh, they they uh, they got around. They got around. Uh, Zach Parise joining the team after seeing out the first half of the season, just waiting for a chance to hook on with a contender, and now he has. These guys have a lot of good players, a lot of great players, and I guess it's whatever role, whatever position they ask me to play, you go out and do it, and um, and, and I'm looking forward to that. I did a lot of that. The last couple of years in New York, played all over the lineup and in all different situations, and it was a lot of fun. So um, we'll see what comes of it. But uh, again, it's whatever, whatever they, whatever they ask. Thirty-nine years old, hasn't played hockey all this season. Jumps into a season that's already what uh, 40, 45 games along. Realistically, Mark, how how long does it take to get your legs and get caught up with these guys? I don't know, but he's handsome. <laughs> Jeez. He's got great. He's got great choppers. They got to be fake, right? Hockey players don't have real teeth. At good some point, he had to lose a chicklet or two along the way, right? Really good smile on this Zach guy. Very nice. Very white teeth. I'm sure, he's had them whitened. One thing I notice about hockey players: be they all have great hair. You know, you never, you never rarely see. Is like. Like a, a Cody Zeller in the NHL. You know, some guy that just is mm. losing all his hair. Yeah. He's doing the comb over or whatever. You never see that in the NHL. No. They all just get... LeBron James. Yeah. 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 Dimples. This guy's got some dimples. These hockey players have great hair. Nobody's putting magic markers to make no. their hairline look no. different. That's a, Yeah, he's a handsome guy. All right. All right, Zach. Uh, third long, we got a punt. The king is here. By the way. Oh, yeah. We got to find out. We had Fever had a homework assignment this weekend. Apparently, Marquette King, former Bronco punter, uh, dropped a uh, an album. Have you never really... Did so, he punt in the regular season, Marquette? 
Yeah, he punted for the Broncos. In the regular season? I think so, yeah. Or he didn't get cut right after no, the training no, no, camp? No, 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 no. Okay. I think he did. I think he did. So anyway, Fever, his job was to uh, critique Ooh, yeah. Marquette King as a uh, singer. And so we'll get to that a little bit later on. But uh, coming up next, should the Broncos strongly consider drafting this quarterback after his college coach raved about him? That's next. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since our family has storm-ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, we can stream or game in the dark. As I try and fill around for a seat. Ah, here we go. Oh, who moved the couch? Get storm-ready Wi-Fi only from Xfinity, so you can stay connected for up to four hours, even when the power goes out. Restrictions apply. Limited to customers within range of 4G LTE cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash stormready. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. Let's play a little game. You love games. Oh, I do love games. You love games. I am a child. (laughs) And you all can play along at home. So I'm assuming that you have not yet read Andrew Mason's Recap of all the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl. At no, it was on Center. my it was on my list it's of things. Your, to I do. know it's on your to do list, but we'll be able to scratch this one off. So we're gonna play a little game. I'm okay. gonna give you a quarterback, and I want you to decide if that quarterback's stock is up, steady, or going down after what May saw at the Senior Bowl. Okay, okay? all right. We'll, we'll ease into it here. We'll ease into it, everybody. What about Sam Hartman from Notre Dame? Notre Dame. What 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 stock are Again, we talking about? Stock. Modeling career or NFL career? Uh, this would be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, his career. modeling career stock way up. Oh, guy's got he's, unbelievable hair. Is he a? He's oh. the he is the Eric Decker of this generation. Oh, he does have kind of a Decker look about him. Dude, does the it? guy is handsome. Okay, handsome. Okay. Don't want to put him in a game. Do not want him <laughs> in a game. His stock is down. Correct. As yeah, uh, I, I watched the Senior Bowl, as, or a lot of it. As May says, um, at times he looked like Rick Wild Thing Vaughn in the opening half of Major League. Sailed passes in red zone work, which didn't make any heart sing, nor did anyone feel groovy. Mm-hmm. Sam Hartman, down. You're one for one. Mm-hmm. How about... Michael Penix, stock up, down, or holding steady? I'm going to say stock down. Uh, injury issues and also the fact he didn't play. I think he, he didn't opted play in the out. Game, yeah. yeah, he opted out. Stock's got to be down. Nope, he says holding steady. Didn't play in the game, but generally did what he needed to do. Looked smooth, operating from under center. Made good decisions and specifically quick ones. So he mm. says holding steady. Okay. What about uh, Spencer Rattler from South so, Carolina. Stock up, won the MVP of the game. There you go. Good yeah. call. Yeah. He Made said, a couple of nice deep balls. He had a deep ball touchdown. That was horrible coverage by the corner, but great. Just like a quarter's coverage in the corner. I don't know what he was doing. He was he was like, speaking of old guy, you know, shouting at clouds, he just kind of got lost. As May says, Rattler built off his solid week. What's more, he was intelligent, forthright, and reflective when answering questions. His maturation is Hmm. evident. How about uh, Michael Pratt, the kid from uh, Tulane that has been uh, linked 
to the Broncos because the Broncos spent uh, multiple interviews with him. He went yeah. to Tulane. There's some some uh, Saints and Peyton connections there. What about his stock? Up, down, or holding steady? I'm going to say it's – I'm going to go up a little bit. Up, correct. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Uh, as May says, he appears to be the best fit for the Broncos among quarterbacks. Unlikely to go in the first round. Uh, Pratt could slide into the second round, but overall it would be a surprise – if he uh, slips out of the draft's second day. So. The other thing that'll happen for him is because uh, Sean Payton's old O-line coach, Dan Rauscher, and tight ends coach, Dan Rauscher, is the head coach over there, right, at Tulane? So he'll have a, a better book of information from Dan than uh, most people will get on him. Finally, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Ah. He doesn't sound like that, but I know you dream of it, but... Um, up, down, or holding steady his stock as the senior bowl. Despite what you know, Mace and uh, and um, Cecil. Cecil said about his practices. I watched him in the game, and I thought Bo uh, acquitted himself quite well. I'm going to say stock is up. Oh, Mace said stock is down. He said maybe down is harsh, but this was a chance for Nick's to consolidate his position, and by and large, he didn't do that. Okay, so you didn't think he was that bad? I thought he looked. Oh, I thought he looked good in the game. I didn't watch his practices, but okay. I thought he looked pretty good in the game. Threw a deep ball that was money, and uh, it was dropped. So, anyhow, en- enough for you to take him at number twelve. No, no, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a high first rounder. I mean, I think he's. I think you know he's a, a guy that if you get at the very end of the first round, great, or a second round. Okay. But I just don't think he's. Well, if you listen to Jim Harbaugh. All of our quarterback evaluations should be thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. All this talk about the senior bowl quarterbacks, all the talk about uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May or Heisman Trophy winner Jaden Daniels, because in Harbaugh's opinion, there's no doubt who the course uh, winning with numbing repetition uh, when he if when he goes to uh, he's the number one quarterback off the board. That's. That's my prediction right now. His guy, J.J. McCarthy. (laughs) The guy who Michigan thought so much of and Jim Harbaugh thought so much of they were winning Big Ten games at the end of the season without him throwing a pass for the entire second half. That's the way Jim Jim wants to play. I love, I loved, I'm I'm putting it in my handy-dandy notebook, by the way. Winning with mind-numbing repetition. Dude, that is, you want to talk about descriptive. Well, here's some more. And this was uh, Harbaugh on with uh, Colin Cowherd uh, talking more about why he believes so much in J.J. McCarthy. When people get a load of of, uh, J.J. and what he, you know, how he can throw the ball, how he spins it, his athleticism, uh, his intelligence, uh, you know, talk about it factor. You know, he's got it, the competitiveness that he has. And uh, and they get around him, and they really start digging in, and they start talking to him. Uh, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's an early prediction for the 2024 NFL draft. Well, gee, Jim, uh, if you feel that strongly that he'll be the first quarterback comes off the board, and for all these reasons you love him, Gee, I don't know. Why don't you trade Justin Herbert 
and put yourself in position to get J.J. McCarthy to be your quarterback with the Chargers if you love him that much. Well, why don't you marry him? Yeah, he if loves you love him. him that much, why don't you marry yeah, him? he loves him. He doesn't want to marry him. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, man, hey, you know what? I mean, he's pumping up his guy. Pumping up his guy. There's nothing wrong with pumping up your guy. Right. But there are some things that, to me, that win. Like the whole mind-numbing repetition, dude, that is that is such a great descriptor. And it is one of those situations where the average evaluator poo-poos it. Like, pfft. I want to see a guy take one deep. I want to see a guy, oh, he's a system quarterback. All he does is dump it off. That's what the system calls for. That's what you're supposed to do. And that, that to me, is a there's a real, there's a real benefit. That, that keeps you on schedule and keeps you in front of the chain. Well, this is a serious, okay, this is a serious question I'm going to ask you then. Because okay. is this a case of Jim Harbaugh just simply pumping up his guy to help him try to get drafted as high as possible? Or do you... Do you have enough uh, belief in and do you respect Jim Harbaugh enough to believe this? Because if if you do, then you got to look at J.J. McCarthy completely different now when it comes mm-hmm. to this this whole uh, you know, quarterback class and what the Broncos might do at 12. Because a guy like McCarthy now, there's a good right. chance he's available or you, right. you maybe only have to move up a couple of spots to get him. Do you believe enough in Jim Harbaugh and what he's saying here to all of a sudden look at J.J. McCarthy different. I believe enough in Jim Harbaugh and what he's saying that this would make me very intrigued and I would do a deep dive on J.J. McCarthy. One thing I know, and I believe this in, in Jim, now you have to believe like he believes. You can't half-ass, you know, J.J. McCarthy. You got to be all in. And one thing I know about Jim is when he decides he's all in on a guy, he is all in on a guy. And so, um, but it definitely would intrigue me and it definitely would make me dig deep and kind of reevaluate my position and look for some of the intangible stuff that Jim is talking about that made him successful at Michigan, that made them or helped them win a national championship. I definitely would dig in deep to that. Coming up next, you know what's trending Sylvester Stallone with a heartfelt Uh, message as we lost a legend this weekend. And have the Nuggets done it again? Have they found themselves another late-in-the-draft gem? That's coming up in What's Trending next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. Nuggets make it back-to-back home wins over the Portland Trailblazers. Nice little breather in your schedule to have a couple games with uh, Chauncey's Billups. Chauncey's Billups. Chauncey Billups Blazers. That's, That's what a I meant great. To say. I meant to say Chauncey's Chauncey, Blazers, but I just wanted to say... Chauncey's Billups. I just wanted to say Chauncey Billups because uh, we love Chauncey Billups, so why not talk about Chauncey Billups? But Chauncey Billups Blazers. There you go. Say that one five times fast. But it was a chance to uh, once again see... The emerging talents of one Peyton Watson. That's never been an issue for me. Um, I'm, I'm one of those guys who stays even kill no matter what. I try not to get too high or too low. I know what I can do. I know the work that I put in and the preparation, listening to my guys, my bets. So um, all that combined, you know what I'm saying, it builds, and my confidence keeps growing by the game. You know, when you're the Nuggets and you're not a team that can just go scratch checks, 
for free agents and get guys to come here. You have to draft and develop, don't you? You have to do it better than everybody else. And by and large, they have. And and who could have expected this? Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I guess the Nuggets did. And give the Nuggets credit because Peyton Watson, who's really turning into a dynamic player, and you, you, you look at his upside, it seems pretty pretty impressive. Do you know what his college stats were? I have no idea. I know you don't. Most people don't. He played one year at UCLA. He averaged 13 minutes a game. He averaged three points and three rebounds a game. But Nuggets clearly saw something. Here he is. And now he's playing himself into almost an untouchable role. I think as far as, yeah, I mean, I think they've done a great job with the draft and develop aspect of it, but they've also had a couple of guys that they've made deals for, right? And Aaron Gordon and uh, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So, but I think it's got to be the right guy, right? It's got to be a guy that's unselfish, a guy that understands team basketball. Like, you're not signing a free agent. Like, James Harden is not coming to Denver to fit in. Oh, thank God. Yeah, right? So, I don't know, man. I, you know, it's, it is, it's the old draft and develop strategy, which is really how you maintain a franchise over time. But um, they've done a tremendous job with that. By the way, that was a, that was a uh, draft uh, trade with uh, Oklahoma City uh, as they gave up a uh, future first-round pick and a couple of um, Andrew Michael Green. They got Peyton Watson and two future uh, second round picks. So, again, it's uh, it's recognizing talent, going out and getting it, and then most importantly, developing it. That's mm. that's one thing the I, I give Michael Malone and his staff a lot of credit for is that you know there are plenty of teams that find themselves in the lottery year after year after year, and they don't escape the lottery. The Nuggets have have drafted well, but they've also developed these players, mm-hmm. and it's not always an automatic, is it? So, I don't know how much of a, a, a big deal this is when it comes to the head-to-head race with Nikita Kucherov for Nathan, uh, Nathan McKinnon to win the Hart Trophy for the MVP in the NHL. But, during the skills competition, uh, Kucherov was involved in a um, accuracy uh, shooting uh, contest. Right. Where he had to skate around the ice and line up targets and try to nail the target. Let's just say he wasn't going at it with great gusto, and both the announcers and the crowd in Toronto picked up on it. This is not a good look, quite frankly, and the fans are booing him. And that's what happens when you don't try your best and you're in a hockey city like Toronto. They're going to let you know. Wow. This is an all-star skills competition that he was going, he was dogging it so obvious to everybody that the crowd booed him. They don't like Gucci. They don't like Kuchy in Toronto, I'll tell you that right now. That dude did not play hard. So, serious question, does that help Nathan McKinnon's yeah, MVP candidacy at all? Because you know there are some staunch, especially Canadian voters, Mike, that will be like, he disrespected the game. Well, I, 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 I can't help but think that that could place a little bit of a seed of doubt in a voter's mind, sure. Of course it could, even, of course. Though, even though it should be solely based 
on your performance on the ice during hockey games. Not what you did in an all-star weekend where we know the whole thing is a joke. True. The Pro Bowl, it was proof positive. The Pro Bowl games or whatever they call it. Proof positive of what a joke it is. Well, but. I mean, you say it's a joke. But no, yeah, but I'm. That was Bucci, by the way. John Bucci-Gross. Bucci. Was, he, he was like, this is not a Bucci good look. Bucci didn't like Gucci. Bucci did not like Gucci. Bucci-Gross didn't. He, he had enough presence of mind to say, mm-hmm. this is a bad look. And the crowd's booing, so yeah. they didn't think it was a joke either. Yeah. So, I'm just my saying. Bucci. I love my guy, Bucci. You know, some people might think playing in the, in a Super Bowl is, is stressful and, you know, it's uh, it's a hectic week. You yeah. know, all the things you have to hey, prepare for is a Super Bowl. Not if you win them, but go ahead. I was just going to say, the Super Bowl week can be kind of hectic oh, yeah, and chaotic, sure. right? It can be sure. stressful. For Patrick Mahomes, this is probably a respite. He probably couldn't wait to get to Vegas and be around his team and be away from his family as uh, his father, Patrick Mahomes Sr., got dinged for a third DUI. Yeah. And is facing a possibility of it's 10 like a, years in jail. Yeah, third-degree felony or something. Yeah, I read that this weekend. I give Patrick Mahomes credit because considering what his father is and what his brother is, it's actually kind of remarkable that he's turned out the way he has, isn't it? Right, it is. Where is he on the scale of all-time Super Bowl boo rating when you consider I was a member of three top 19 teams in Super Bowl history. What's your boo rating? My boo rating. Balls over opponent? Yeah, balls over opponent is all off yours, the charts. Yours is. Well, you're on an all-Super Bowl team, dude. You made That's an all-Super... you That's CBS Sports put together an all-Super Bowl team, and you're on it. Yes, and then ESPN rated every Super Bowl team that's ever played with a bunch of stupid... St- this is how we came up with the boot rating, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it was some DVROA. Yeah, DVOA. Devo. Devo. I think it was DVOA. Yeah. Dev- we are Devo. DVOA. Crack that whip. <laughs> Get a passing zap. Step on a crack. Break your mama's back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, it was, it was fun weekend, but it was sad weekend with the passing of Carl Weathers. Famous yes. for Apollo Creed and the uh, amazing Rocky series, Chubbs in Chubbs. Happy Gilmore. What a mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's on Arrested Development. Um, just you know, a great, great uh, the Mandalorian. I guess most yeah. recently he's been yeah. on that. If you're but, a nerd and you like stuff like that, but obviously, famously, most famously known for playing Apollo Creed with uh, Rocky Balboa and, and Sylvester Stallone, his longtime friend. Uh, took time this weekend to uh, remember Carl Weathers. When he walked into that room and I saw him for the first time, I saw greatness, but I didn't realize how great. I never could have accomplished what we did with Rocky without him. He was absolutely brilliant. His voice, his size, his power, his athletic ability, but more importantly, his heart, his soul. Mm, That's nice. And he, you know, for somebody who had never boxed, he he pulled it off. Oh, like he, you yeah. like you could easily like watch him in the ring and like mm-hmm. that guy's the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. The music, by the way. Oh, the music. So many videos over the weekend that you, you that, that came raining down the training scenes. I like the one they, they showed they showed actual um 
footage of them working yes, the, on the, the fight the, scenes. The, the choreography. choreography. Yeah, the yeah, choreography. That, that was cool. Very cool. But a, uh, a legend, a legend uh, in Carl Weathers. Um, definitely, definitely uh, rest in peace. That it was a great, great career. Is he the, is he the most like accomplished football player turned actor? Ooh. Been a lot of good ones. Right. A lot of good ones. Carl Weathers, uh, Merlin Olson, Fred Dreyer. Fred Dreyer, Dick Buckus. Um, Was it all defensive guys? Peyton Manning. What he's done afterwards. Mark Schlereth. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's a good I, point. I see what you were doing. You're so transparent. I saw what you were doing. I saw what you were angling. I'm going to give him a slight nod I, over me. I saw what you were angling for. Johnny, here's some of this all-time work. It took me a while to get here yeah, from the airport. It's all nice transportation. So uh, this is Springfield. This is it in all of its glory. You know what? Maybe you should do a little research while you're here. That way you can write your next book about a small town. It's pretty, uh, I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> I'm pretty sorry. quiet around here. Pretty quiet around here. Let me do that. The best part of that, I don't care how many times we play it, the best part is your act, your fellow actor there where he just kind of goes, <laughs> I'm working with an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that laugh says. Yeah. That's exactly what he thought. Uh, great. We got to do this again. Yeah. That, Johnny, this is your fault that we're late. This is, uh, this is you. Sorry. You just take this. Oh, by the way, we'll uh, we'll get Johnny's breakdown Ooh, yeah. of Marquette King, former Bronco punter, dropping an album over the weekend, sure. and Johnny's job was to uh, critique it. We'll hear that critique next. The King is here. Set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. I'm just trying to have a good time. It's about night. Cause if you down, I'm waiting. We can get this place popping on site. This can be a good thing. I got something to say. Don't this is. No clue. This is Marquette King. Oh, really? Yeah. Former Broncos punter. So we uh, found out. Is he better at singing than he is punting? He's a good punter. He was bad. So anyway, we uh, found out on Friday he was going to be dropping an album. Mm -hmm. So we put uh, Johnny Fever to work to uh, critique it. Yeah, he's our resident uh, young guy. He knows all the hip moves and. All the, you might want to stop talking. Uh, Fever, good lingo. Fever, what'd you think? So going in, I had pretty low expectations. <laughs> um, and then I thought, you really? know, and then I thought I needed to kind of manage my expectations with being a former athlete trying to go into music, not holding to a high standard. Honestly, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a pretty decent album. It, uh, it kind of, you can hear, it kind of goes for like that, I guess, pop techno vibey kind of sound kind of reminded me of Kid Cudi a little bit oh. not that it's as good as Kid Cudi oh, 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 oh no but I love myself some uh, Kid Cudi yeah and uh 15 track album 15 first 10 track? tracks yeah 15? first 10 tracks were he a lot like this he came up with material for 15 he songs did. yeah first wow. 10 tracks were a lot like this just kind of the same thing just trying to create a vibe then it kind of fell off a cliff a little bit he came out with like a dubstep song and then a couple part like trying to be like uh, party bangers wow. or uh, club bangers, this and then a rock song for the last one that was actually pretty you, good. So. You're uh, you're 
much more detailed and in-depth than your breakdown of Marquette King's um, music skills than I am when I'm doing a Telestrator Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) You might want to step your game up tomorrow. I'm telling you. I was just like, man, this guy, this guy, Johnny. So overall, you'd, you'd recommend it? It was... I could get through the whole album, which is you would would you buy good. it? Would you absolutely not? No, okay. but <laughs> okay. I listened to it. I mean, I listened to it all the way through, and I didn't, you know, hit too many bumps in the road. For a former athlete music, I'd give it a, a seven and a half. But for just any other artist, I'd give it like a strong six. Like listen to it once, but never listen to it again. But I was able to get through it and huh. enjoy okay. some parts. Okay, of it, so. so there you go, okay. Marquette King, who spent one. Well, to, to call it one full year, he was here for four games. Four games? With the uh, Broncos in, 2000, uh, in 2018. Oh, and by the way, I was so this, I kind of went down a rabbit hole of former athletes who became musicians. Yeah. Dude, Bernie Williams. Yes. Former Very oh, good. Yankees yes. outfielder. Very good. Want to talk about a dynasty? Yeah. yeah. Dynastic Yankees yes. run. Phenomenal guitar player. Oh yeah, he's um he's oh, unbelievable. He's yeah, yeah, go it, his uh, first album, "The Journey Within." I'll probably put a couple of those songs in my playlist. Mm. Super good gu- guitar player. Yep. There's yeah. a guy that used he's to legit. play for the Bengals who was a who became a country country singer. I can't remember his name. For the Broncos? No, no, no. For the Bengals. Oh, for the, the Bengals. Day. Yeah, Reed or something maybe. Not sure. Me neither. Okay. Okay. All right. So Marquette King. Mark Not 15. bad. Okay, we should book him. Get him on, Johnny. Don't do that. I'm, just I'm glad. That, by the way, we better say nice things about Marquette King because he'll 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 come after. He'll come after you. He does not like media folk. No, he does not. Then again, probably the media folk that didn't like him or he didn't Mike like. Mike Reed. Yeah, that's it. Mike Reed might have deserved it. Thank you, Johnny. We asked the question earlier. Got some reaction to it. Mm-hmm. You and I disagree on this. So you say that. Regardless of what happens on Sunday, the Chiefs are a dynasty. That right now we are in the Chiefs' dynastic run. Mm-hmm. Six straight AFC championships. This is their fourth Super Bowl. I think it's their fourth Super Bowl in five years. They've won two. Yep. You say even if they lose on Sunday, they're a dynasty. Correct. I say no way. That in order to be a dynasty, you can't be two and two in championship games or or championship series. You can't be mm-hmm. two and two. You got to be three and one. They win Sunday. I'll have to choke down the bile when I say it, but I'll a week from today, if they win on Sunday, I will tell you, yes, the Chiefs are a dynasty. But if they lose, no, not a dynasty. Really? That kind of surprises me. Uh, reaction on the text line, three Super Bowls equals a dynasty. If the Chiefs lose, they are in the same class, almost a dynasty. Like, you guys won two. Mm-hmm. But you went to two in a row, but Boom. you won both of them. Back to back. But you didn't go to any other ones. So you guys aren't ever referred to as a dynasty. Correct. So they would need to win if they're going to go. Now, credit to them for going to this many Super Bowls. But you can't go two and two in the in the Super Bowls. You got you to win three. How does, and I'm being serious, how does going to six straight AFC championships 
six straight with a ton of turnover. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've had your primary guys on, on offense, which is obviously Kelsey and Mahomes, but you've completely turned over your offensive line year in, year out. Your receiving core is completely turned over. You let go of one of the most dynamic receivers in all of football in Tyreek Hill. And your defense is turned over. And yet you found a way to win, go to six straight AFC championships in four of the last five Super Bowls you've been in. Mm-hmm. I, if that's not dynastic, I don't... Then obviously I, I... But you think of any dynasty, what always is the common thread of those dynasties? Championships. Mm-hmm. The Yankees dynasty. All those World Series. The Canadians dynasty. All those Stanley Cups. UCLA's dynasty mm-hmm. won eight in a row. Celtics dynasty they won eight not, in a row. Not, it was all about the oh, it was. It's always about the championships won that define a dynasty. Let me ask you this: Is this a good conversation? The Dallas Cowboys, the '90s Dallas Cowboys, Whew, they were loaded, right? So that was a dynasty. They won. Three. Three in a five-year span? Something like that, yeah. That's a dynasty. Yeah, okay. Sure. So, let me ask you this. What was, for them, other than San Francisco, what was the competition during their run? That was some pretty stiff competition. Was it? San Francisco. Well, San Francisco was, but like what, because of Steve Young, but list me the quarterbacks and list me the competition within that dynastic run. Like who else was who else was viable in the NFC? Nobody else in the, at the time it was the West, right? So it was at the time it was the NFC West which was the Rams, Atlanta, New Orleans and um and San Francisco. So San Francisco was the only one that was really competition there. And then there was the NFC East Giants didn't have a quarterback. The Skins didn't like, and then the Phoenix Cardinals were never, whatever. So then you got the NFC North at the time: Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, and Green Bay. Okay, Green Bay that had they had Favre at that time, right? So I, I see where you're going. Any- so I'm just saying there was, from a competition standpoint and a quarterback standpoint, there was two or three guys in the NFC at the time that were dudes, that were legit. And then I'm looking at what you've got to go through in the AFC right now with Josh Allen and with Burrow and with um, with who else is – and, and Lamar. And then obviously Mahomes is, is, their, is their guy, Herbert. Like the state of, the state of young quarterback and young you – like know, young quarterbacking in the AFC. I, I'm just – again, I'm just having this – this is just kind of fly by the seat of your pants off the top of your head. Was the competition for the Cowboys at the time? I, I think you could find that. Well, like when the Bulls, the Bulls dynasty. Mm-hmm. What was um, the the fact that I don't think they did they ever beat one team more than once? They had like six different. They had six championships, right? And they were all six. Were, were, am I not mistaken? They beat. So they beat when they won their championship. They beat the Jazz twice. The mm-hmm. only team 
that they beat twice during their, what was it, six championships in eight, eight years. years. right. The only team that they faced twice in beating, that was Utah right at the beginning. So they beat Utah twice, and they beat Seattle. They beat um, Phoenix, Portland, the Lakers. You know, the fact that they didn't have that hard of a run, that there wasn't that great super team that, you know, they had to keep beating, does that diminish what the Bulls did? I mean, I'm sure I could go back and look at uh, UCLA's run or the Celtics' run or the Canadiens' run, and there's all kinds of mitigating. You know, Montreal, the Montreal Canadiens used to have this totally unfair advantage of being able to get all the best French-Canadian players, and this gave them uh, like a territorial rights that they, they got to all these great players that immediately, you know, made them better than all the other teams, and they racked up all these Stanley Cups. Does that somehow put an asterisk beside there? Dynasty? Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. Um, no, it's a great discussion. Is that, right? you know, can you, can you basically you pick can, apart you basically, every dynasty and right. say, eh, you know, there were a lot of factors that went into allowing them to be a dynasty. Right. And I, you know, I looked at the Cowboys at the time and there wasn't, there wasn't total free agency, right? That didn't come along until 96. Correct. So... Like, I just remember, and I've told you this story before, just being out there early for warm-ups as a member of Washington, I think this is 94, and watching the Cowboys warm-up and just watching their offense and, you know, taking inventory of their entire offense, all 11 guys that were starters and going, I I played for the Washington Redskins, there's not one dude on our team that could start for Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Like, you should get your ass kicked. It just was, it it just is, it's just interesting to me because... I think this is a dynastic run, regardless if they win the Super Bowl or not. Uh, just knowing how hard that is, and and four Super Bowls in five years, and you win two of them. I just I don't think you can go two and two in Super Bowls and be called a dynasty. Because I equate dynasties with what you do in the championship games or the championship right. rounds, and in this case, going two and two. Uh, I don't think makes you a, a dynasty. Well, Three and one does. Yeah, absolutely. I just think that that's, I think it's, I think obviously it's almost like the Buffalo Bills and they're four in a row. How much better that looks now. Is that a now? dynasty? No, but how much better that looks now. So if they, okay, let me ask you this. They go into four, go four straight, straight Super Bowls. Super, they it, go to, that's oh, ridiculous. But you've gone to four or five years. But if you go to, if you go to four straight Super Bowls and you win one, are you a dynasty or you win I still think if, if okay, let's say you won two and you went, you went four straight, and you won two. The Bills wouldn't be a dynasty. Wow, I I just I think that wow, I just think I think that in so two, three is the number three. Well, I don't think you could be five hundred in in Super Bowl or or finals or whatever any championship round that you play in. I don't think you could be five hundred with a five hundred record in those championship rounds, championship games, and be called a dynasty. No, I don't. I I don't. Is Russell Wilson a dynasty? He wears three. He does. He's a dynasty. That's right. That guy. He's a team. I mean, three is your definition. What do you got, what do you got Fever? Dynasty three is your definition. What do you got? I agree with Mike. I feel like the base model is three in five years. So if you won over a five year, or a half a decade, you either won every other year or you won back-to-back at some point. So I feel like that's the good. And if the Chiefs won, they go back-to-back. Three Super Bowls. Yeah, especially if you can include a back-to-back in that. Yes. 
What about we're winning more games than anybody in NFL history over a three-year span and winning back-to-back Super Bowls? Ooh, I know some a team that did that. I do, too. Now, maybe if you guys hadn't choked against Jacksonville and won three straight Super Bowls, then this whole conversation would be a moot point. Right. You guys would be Because we'd be back to three. Your definition of a dynasty. Right. Three. Three. It all comes yeah, in threes. It all comes back to three. It does come back. Three is the magic number. Three is the magic number. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No. um, uh, I'm getting some, oh, Laker fans trying to make the point that the Bulls team that beat the Lakers in 91, that was a super team. (sighs) Nope. I don't know. I I asked, I'm not afraid. The Bulls are a dynasty. I Oh I'm, yeah, of course question. they were. I don't. I don't deny that. I'm just question. if we're having this debate about can you pick apart the one thing, the one argument that I've heard against the Bulls' run that maybe precludes them from being the greatest NBA dynasty ever, as some have suggested, is that they didn't really go through too many super teams along the way. Mm-hmm. That's why this is KKFN KKFN HD One Longmont Denver.